Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 484. I'm Terry Miller, the disc golf guy, alongside Johnny V. How are you doing tonight, Terry Miller? Not too shabby. I suffered through another weekend <laughs> in Arizona. A rough, I know. Very difficult. Uh, here during our, our winter season. So I managed you, to fight through it. You missed decent weather here. I, I will I will be honest, it was, you know, I mean, it's not Arizona weather, and some people, depending on where you're coming from, are going to be like, decent? It was <laughs> nice this weekend. It was, you know... Was uh, it 40? It was 40 to 50 degrees on, okay. on up to, like, Sunday it started to drop a little bit, but Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I would say it was it was nice out, and... Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, you're exactly right. It's very relative because when I when I suggest that it's not too bad back home, uh, and uh, Tommy Guns, the TD this weekend, all but scoffed at me when I was telling him about the temperatures. So I spoke with some vendors in Florida today, and the guy literally said, "He's when we jumped on the call, he's like, yeah, it was a little chilly this morning. It was like the mid to low 60s.'" And I was like, "Really? Oh, bro, yeah. that, that's rough. I, I scraped off my car window this morning." <laughs> Again, all always <laughs> relative, but I was thinking about uh, about the fact that this may have been the most trips ever to Arizona in a year for me. And okay. uh, I, I did miss going to Maricopa because I was already uh, into my Southeast Asia trip, but I did add both the Pro Masters Worlds this year, along with this big arm challenge, which we're going to talk about in a little bit here in just a few minutes. So spoiler, uh, you may or may not want to uh, find out who won. Uh, yeah, you do. You want to know. Uh, we're going to have our champion on in actually just a few minutes. He's going to be joining us. So, uh, yes, lots of good times in Arizona. Uh, I will, I'll dive into it a little bit more later, but big thanks to the Big Arm Challenge and then my uh, gracious host, not only Ricky Waisaki, but then also the crew over at First Light. I say it all the time. Part of the reason I can even practically go to Arizona uh, is because of some of the hospitality and the the 
kindness in which people treat me when I head over there. So thank you to all of you guys. Uh, so uh, while we're at it, let's just quickly, we can jump over into PDGA news. There's really one A tier. We're going to talk about a B tier that had some superstars at it, but there was one A tier that was going on in Florida this weekend. And Johnny, it looks like you got the results. Read them off for us. I do. This is the 11th annual South Florida Open hosted by TriFly Disc Golf, sponsored by Dynamic Discs. What we saw down in... Delray Beach, Florida. I almost want to say Daytona Beach, but it was not. It was Delray Beach, Florida. Winning in MPO was none other than the MP50. Johnny McRae. He takes us. He's a 1,013 rated player, so he was like the third or fourth highest rated player at the event. He shoots a 32 under par, besting Nathan Queen by three strokes. For thirteen hundred and forty-three dollars, uh, Johnny shot a ten twenty-five, a ten sixty-one, and a ten fifty-four. So three rounds all above his rating, and I would argue to say two really great rounds. And if I understood the context of a post from Double G, if I understood it correctly, I was under the impression, and this would require a little bit of math. Mm. I was under the impression he he won it off the chase card. Uh, if all the math, I don't know how that math all checks out, but that was my understanding. I'm pretty sure that Double G was either the outright leader or near the lead uh, after the, certainly after the first round. I know that much. And then after the second round, uh, what did he have a total score of uh, of 100? So, no, McCray, okay, maybe not. Then I don't know what I'm talking about because Johnny McCray would have been at 97. I don't know where I'm getting my math from. No, yeah, 90 versus 97, right? Sure. Oh. That's a hundred. I can't add. Double G was uh, had a well, total str- of a hundred, and okay, so Johnny did not win off the chase card. I'm an idiot. I would I would say it's not that it's impossible, but shooting a, a ten sixty one on your second round. When I'm looking at the other ones, the next highest rated was ten twenty five. Uh, maybe he was tied for someone on the chase mm. card. I don't know, but either way, Johnny McRae wins the South Florida Open again in MPO, not the MP fifty that we're normally talking about him lately. It just shows goes to show you. You know, no offense to him, but the old man still got it. He truly does. And then some. That's right. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see Johnny on uh, maybe not all of them, but hit a few of the Disc Golf Pro Tour events next year if that's if that's in his uh, in his wants and in needs. But like I said, second place, Nathan Queen at 29 under par. Third place, Micah Groth, the young gun. Tied for fourth place, Nick Hansen and Double G, as we spoke about. Moving down over to the FPO field. Double G didn't get it done back-to-back, but Jessica Weiss did, what, winning what? $739. Jessica shot 957, 948, 957, so two out of the three rounds above her rating. She's bested Morgan Linz by five strokes. Third place was Sarah Hokum. Fourth place, Arena Shakova. And a tie for fifth place between Jennifer Smiley, the happiest name on our list, and Stacy Kiefer. So congratulations to... All of our competitors, um, I'll just say MP40, Dutch Napier, just happy Johnny McRae played open. Yeah. MP50, Baxter Frost, really happy Johnny McRae played open. <laughs> yeah, Johnny McRae got past uh, Dutch the weekend before yes. in uh, Gainesville. He's, he's like, I'll let you have this one, Dutch. I'm going up to the MPO. I'm going up with the rest of the big boys. So I want to I want to whip up on my little boy, Double G. Yeah, so congrats, uh, Johnny McRae. Congrats on the crew. Later, remind me later, we're going to have a conversation uh, 
a healthy discussion took place last week with regards to refund policies and some other conversations. Oh, that sounds and, like an after and I know show it, discussion. It came from this event, so that's why I think it's worth talking about that kind of policy and some of those procedures a little bit later. But uh, one guy that knows a little bit about the winner circle. And I don't think he wants a refund. No, he doesn't. Uh, cash and checks all over the place. None other than our champion from this weekend's Big Arm Challenge, Parker Welk. What up? Yo, what up, boys? Look at those big arms. <laughs> wow, yeah. He's got some... Jeez. I mean, to be fair, Parker, you, you are of... Uh, <laughs> oh, there's the ring. Yes, beautiful. Uh, you're of smaller... Not, you're smaller stature. Like, you have a smaller frame. What are you saying, frame Coming and, from you. <laughs> yeah, coming from me, the big boy. But you got a smaller small, frame, small. and you're, you were out there smashing... Left and right this weekend, just like we've seen at DDO or the Dynamic Dis Open, just like we saw in other events. But let's start there. Where are you generating the power from? How do you throw such big shots? Um, you know, it's I, honestly it comes from just like having the same form since I was like seven years old or something like that. I'm sure. Um, I haven't done a whole lot to like kind of change my form. I haven't really watched like YouTube videos on like, Oh, I'm doing this incorrectly or I need to do this. It's always just kind of been like what I'm, you know, my body just does what it does. And I think it's, it works best for me that way. All right. Well, let's get into a few of the details this weekend. Again, called the big arm challenge. Everybody has seen, Vista in a couple different formats, either relatively short and relatively easy, or we see it in the XL layout, which is what the Memorial, the Shelly Sharp have been using now for a number of years. This was even different from those. So how would you explain the layout and some of the considerations for this weekend's event? Yeah, I mean, well, the name of it just tells it you got to you got to throw pretty far if you want to have like a, a pretty solid chance at winning this event, because there are a few of those holes where, you know, like a guy like Anthony Brella can take a two when I'm taking like a, a three or a four. Or, for example, on, on we have a par five there. It's uh, you can get there in two shots. No problem. I think Anthony threw like a 650 foot sky shot and then he had like a little zone chip in for for Eagle. And I'm like sm- trying to smash two drivers as hard as I can to even get over there. Um, but it's. It was fun. I mean, that front nine, you know, they lengthened it out a little bit. It was pretty easy on the front nine. And then the back nine, man, that was that was tough. They, they combined a few of those holes. They switched uh, switched them up. Um, but it was it was overall just very, very hard on that back nine. Yeah, and I'll go ahead and maybe add to that, that the back nine, of course, was long and challenging, but even more so a few of those basket placements. And so some people have already watched, hopefully at least round one, but – Talk about some of those basket placements uh, relative to the OB or the water or whatever else. How much more did that have to come into mind for your strategy? Yeah, I mean, if you if you weren't feeling your putt that week or, you know, your upshots, you weren't having a good time. That's basically how it was. There's, what was it, like four baskets, like within 10 feet of the out of bounds, not not just water, but, you know, like cart paths. Um, so it was... It was definitely tough. It was it was tough on your head. You know, you had to make a decision whether or not you want to run like even thirty foot putts and or even twenty five foot putts. You know, it's usually like automatic. You're going to run these, but uh, in that situation, you really gotta you gotta think twice or be extremely confident about it. And knowing that this is in its fourth year, and you know the the two guys that have won it before, we're talking about Aaron Gossage and then Anthony Brella. Anthony's won it twice. Aaron, those, guys, those guys throw pretty far. Yeah, both Aaron, of them. Aaron won it the other time. 
what were some of the uh, conversations like leading into the event in terms of did did you guys have any input or feedback maybe as to where baskets or any of that gets placed because I know RTD is really excited to to you know showcase and feature and, and highlight our best players was there any input from you guys with regard to the layout um not from me but I, I'm sure Anthony had something to do with it I know Jordan Castro might have had something to do with it but you know me being newer to Arizona I didn't exactly know the TD before before it started <laughs> that I actually met him during it so uh Although I was considered a, a bigger name at the event, I didn't have any like input into you know OB lines or basket placement or anything like that. Um, I honestly thought they did a, a pretty good job. Uh, you know, some holes felt a little arcadey, um, mm. but it was a lot better than last year. Ah, okay. And then I guess to follow that up, do you have a strong preference? You know, you played in the Shelly Sharp or the Memorial or both this year. Both, Shelly? yeah, yeah, both, yeah. You played in those. Do you do you feel like is this weekend's layout, the XXL layout as it's called, do you feel like that's applicable or could be to those other two events? Or do you like that there's going to be kind of a difference uh, when, when playing some of these events? I, I honestly like that there's a difference um, okay. with the Shelly Sharp and Memorial. They're the same layout um, for the most part. And they have, you know, like not super tough par threes, but par threes you got to like execute and, you know, get it inside circle and make your putt. Um this tournament, uh, especially on a few holes in the front nine, where it felt like I could literally just throw it wherever I want off the tee, and then I'll have like a 200-foot-up shot, so I'm essentially playing a 200-foot hole rather than you know a, a 600-foot par four. Okay. Uh, we were fortunate, and I think this kind of goes to the overall bigger picture. We were fortunate that we went off you know, near the noon hour, and I think they were pushing daylight for some of the MP40s uh, that went off after the MPO. So whether that's uh, the course layout and or people have to shoot better or uh, we have to uh, maybe have a few less people in the event, would, would, you, would you recommend this layout to any given player to challenge themselves? Or would you say, hey, maybe, maybe this event you need to sit out? Uh, is there, would you have any recommendation to anyone that's thinking about something like this next year? Um. It was fun. I mean, it, it's new disc golf. It's especially if you live in Arizona, you're looking for something new, uh, a different layout. So, I mean, I would say, you know, the more the merrier. Um, but it, it it definitely is a challenge. If you don't want to lose any discs, don't play it. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. There's how there's many? A, how a many did of... you lose? Um. Well, I have something weird with me. I during tournaments, I like never lose any discs for some reason. I don't think I lost any discs this event. But since moving to Arizona in the three weeks. I think I've probably lost 10, 10 to 12 discs um, in a mix between playing Fountain Hills and Vista. So yeah. it's it's kind of taken my, my discs. <laughs> Fountain, Fountain Hills will do that to you. Yeah, I was just going <laughs> to say, that, that seems like the prime place to do it out there. Uh, well, let, let's get into, uh, before we get into some of the stuff more related to the event, you just kind of touched on Arizona. It's somewhat of big news. Uh, in case people didn't know, tell us about what you're doing in Arizona and how that came about. Yeah, I mean, so anyway, everyone, I mean, not everyone, but if you knew me, you knew I live in uh, Huntington Beach, California before. And um, we've kind of just been, I, it was always just in my head to move to Arizona because I always come out for the memorial. I always come out for Shelly Sharp and I have some of the best memories that I, I have all year. Um, so I, I want to, I wanted to combine that with, you know, being away from like the, the 405 traffic where, you know, you can't even takes an hour to drive at what should take 10 minutes and 
in California and, you know, prices were going up in California. And, um, my wife and I actually stumbled upon this one place and we were just like, this is, this is perfect. We didn't even go tour it or anything. We kind of just took a chance on it, but it, I mean, it seemed perfect. And, um, we, we kind of just picked up everything, moved out, moved in here and, uh, it, it's perfect. We have a huge, um, like soccer area right next to my house. So I'm able to go out there and throw a disc whenever I want for field work. And there's a ton of courses in the area. So, you know, I'm like 20 minutes away from probably four courses and that's ideal. Cause in Huntington beach, I only had that one course. The next closest one was probably like 35 minutes away. Okay. So you're officially in Arizona, which uh, is, it seems like it's, you know, Waisaki kind of ta- uh, talked about it at one point, but it kind of feels like it just continues to draw people in and when I think about someone coming from air or excuse me, from California, like, oh, how, how different is the weather? Really? Like it's nothing like Wisconsin, for instance, or being out in the Midwest or even the East Coast where it's a lot more humid. Exactly. And all of that. But you still feel like uh, the, the uh, I don't know, all the advantages outweigh uh, getting out of California and coming over to Arizona. Is that uh, did it factor in at all that you also had some friends and other relationships with people, you know, and like in terms of the golf community out here? In Arizona? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I spent so much time with, with a few of the guys here, uh, Ezra and AB a- and Tristan Tanner. Um, and they became some of like a few of like my really close friends. And, you know, just being being close to them is it's, a, it's another cool opportunity because I can learn from them and kind of improve my game even further. So I'm, I'm liking that uh, they're all here. Yeah. Uh, uh, and just to put it out there again, we're not doxing anybody, but Ezra and Tristan, I believe, have an Airbnb pretty much or some kind of short term rental of sorts for the entire off season, Right there. That's is that what their plan is? Yeah, uh, they're doing that now. Yeah, exactly. OK, uh, which is pretty cool. And then we've seen obviously Ricky uh, has gone there. We saw Devin Owens there a few years ago. Obviously, Dave Felberg many years ago, like these people gravitating toward, you know, some of our nicer weather, uh, which makes perfect sense in the offseason. Well, not just nicer weather, but, but course as well. Having a, a, a solid number of courses, because sure. there's a lot of places that have nice weather down south. You could go New Mexico. You can go sure. wherever. But you want to go to a place where you have a good variety. And of courses, like Parker said. A little bit of the disc golf scene. What, uh, what, what ultimately is your favorite course? Like, uh, barring any kind of traffic concern, or or even maybe traffic on the course in terms of people. Like, if you could just wake up tomorrow and be like, "Hey, at this time, I want to go play a course." Wh- where would you like to head to if you had no other well, uh, concerns? Are you talking about if, me living here, or if if I lived anywhere in the world? No, no, no. If just... you lived living in Arizona, and then like okay, okay, tomorrow, okay. you're like, "Hey, I just want to go out for you know one of my favorite rounds, or you know, a fun round, and here's where I want to go play." Which which course would you likely head to? Probably Fountain Hills. I mean, it is okay. so beautiful up there. I went there uh, a, a week ago or so, and you know, it's just beautiful green grass. Um, the fountains going off, a little bit of a rainbow in, in the in the fountain happening. Uh, it's it's really nice up there. So I was gonna say Fountain Hills. It's notoriously known as you know Heiserfest. It, it, the Heiser Olympics. We've heard it called all all these other things, but that's also what we've seen for the. Uh, usually the memorial layout is do you feel that is an accurate description of it or do you just go out there and try different shots play different angles Uh, because some of those baskets are notoriously close to the water (laughs) yeah i mean 
I, I can totally see why, how people, you know, call it just a hyzer fest out there. You are able to throw a hyzer in every hole. Um, or you can challenge yourself and do a little bit different of a shot, especially because there's water involved um, over there. So it kind of helps with the confidence a little bit. If you're, you know, if it's a hyzer shot, you can maybe throw like a turnover or something, potentially lose a disc. But um, you, ultimately, you're strengthening your your mind knowing you can pull off that sort of shot. Okay. Well, it I totally agree. I mean, it's so iconic uh, in terms of that property and going out there and then seeing it. Does uh, how how different for you is that course versus like the Memorial layout? Knowing we just usually have a few holes that play different when we're playing the Memorial, is it vastly different? If Joe, if Joe, average Joe went out there tomorrow, would they be lost or confused per se in terms of trying to play the course from what they've seen online? Yeah, I think it's similar. I'm going to be honest. I don't think I've played the regular course. Um, okay. I actually played... <laughs> Speaking of that, at Vista, I when I shot that video with Anthony Barella, that was the first time I've ever played the the actual layout at Vista. Mm. I've never played that before. I've only played the the XL layout. <laughs> yeah, okay, and that's kind of what I keep talking about in the coverage. Is like I've been helping or part of some kind of media with Vista for almost twenty years now, and we've largely seen pretty much the a similar course, and and this XXL layout really, you know puts quite a twist on most of those holes. So that was kind of cool to see even for me. Uh, one of the things that you talked about, you know, and this all ties together with being in Arizona and uh, obviously being a solid player. One of the first things that you had offered or mentioned after hoisting your, your ring and your trophy was that you're interested in uh, offering up lessons expand on that just a little bit as to what that means to you, what you think that means to uh, a possible customer. When you talk about lessons, describe kind of your take on them and, and uh, your, uh, how you'll go about it, your strategy. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of a people person. I, I always love teaching lessons. I was teaching swim lessons before I actually like took disc golf full time. So um, I even started teaching disc golf lessons at the same time I was doing swim lessons to kind of just better better myself in, in, in the teaching aspect. So I did, I've done lessons for quite some time. And, you know, it's it, it's a great feeling knowing you can just you have something so simple yet people are like almost requiring it to, to be like, I need someone to point out what I'm doing wrong. I can't just like see someone on YouTube do it and, um, and figure it out by, by doing it that way. But it's, it really is a lot of fun. Um, especially with all these new people that I'm, these new clients that I'm getting, I get to, you know, pretty much make new friends, uh, l learn their personalities and, and really teach them the, the proper form with putting, uh, approach shots, proper stance, grip, um, a little bit of everything. Uh, so I feel like every instructor has like a, a slightly different angle as to whether it's their strong suit or just something that differentiates themselves from the next instructor or the next top pro, whether that's, you know, a Tristan Tanner versus a Yuli versus you versus anyone. I think I saw Brody the other day talking about it. Right? Like everybody goes about teaching differently. Is there is there any one thing that you feel your exceptional at in terms of your teaching methods or strategy is there or any kind of tool or asset or resource that you use that you feel like makes you the next best you know or the best instructor out there 
Um, I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say I'm the best instructor in the world. Um, I, I haven't really watched too much of how other instructors teach. Um, I actually got a lesson from Paul, uh, like, like mid season when I was struggling with putting, he gave me like a free lesson. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> was that on the but, course uh, during a round where he was like lights no, out or no, was we, that, that was okay. That was a dedicated. <laughs> yeah. We were at like a, like an Airbnb. I'm like, Paul, man, you're like, the, you're like the teacher. You're, you're Paul. Uh, can you just help me out, please, real quick? And it's been like my putting was super off. Nothing was feeling right. But uh, I think that's what I'm best at is, is teaching putting. Okay. I can break it down to like the simplest fashion and just make you a better putter just by eliminating all of like different factors that you, you might have in your putt already. It's funny because in doing commentary this weekend and and watching, rewatching, you know, you play, your putting was something that came to mind in the fact that it's, it's so streamlined. It doesn't feel like there's any extra movement or unnecessary, like, I don't want to just call it jerkiness, but like unnecessary movements mm-hmm. at all. Some people have a whole lot of wind up and they might be great putters and have a whole lot of mechanics and things unfolding and taking place and going just right. Like, well, you're look at, very straightforward. I mean, look at putt. Calvin. Calvin has that extra kind of like a, almost a page pierce where they lift it up above their head, pull it yeah, down, which is and, and it works for him. I'm not, I would never tell Calvin to change his putt, <laughs> but I'm just saying <laughs> in theory, that's all extra. Yeah, you wouldn't need to, you know, teach somebody that. So and, when, and it seems go ahead. It, it seems like uh, yeah, every every person that I've you know, taught a lesson to their putting. I, I have to fix it because they're, they're doing something crazy. Like, like how you guys are explaining, you know, they'll like pull the disc up and then like maybe move it off to the side and then like back and then up or something like that. And you're, you don't need to do all that. It's just so much extra work. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, let me, let me, I'll, I'll call myself out and say like someone I think of is like, a, uh, I think of Chris Clemens, phenomenal putter. So clearly I'm not second guessing his putting. He's a phenomenal putter. I feel like there's like one or two or three extra like moves or angle, you know, things that he puts on when he brings his arm through. And again, it works for him. You just wonder if you were starting from scratch, if he was giving a lesson, he wouldn't be like, well, here's how you need to move your arm, you know, these three extra ways before you release it. Uh, But it ultimately works for him. So it's uh, it's really interesting to see that. And for people that are watching round one and tomorrow going to watch round two, how would you rate your putting performance this weekend? If you reflect for a minute, how would you rate your putting performance? Um, you know, I, I, I can only think about that, uh, whole 17. I, I've, I took four putts on it, I think in, in two rounds, so I, I can't, <laughs> but, but everything yeah, else was, uh, was, uh, pretty good. Um, or maybe it was five putts actually. No, thinking about it. Yeah, it was uh, five putts. <laughs> it was from so like I went, inside, I went, four of which were inside the circle. Yeah, I, I went eagle to to par and then eagle to birdie on on one of them. So, uh huh. Yeah, yeah um, what is it with that like hole? A, what is it with that hole? Sorry, but what? Uh, are we talking oh, classic seventeen? The short, the short. No, 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 okay. no, no. no, no. Right, I just talk, want to make sure seventeen pretty much played as hole. the old twelve, as okay. the ex, yes. as the memorial twelve over the gunite, which got pushed back yes. in the last year, so it does make it much harder to drive. It's not elevated, but as you said, you got on the green, but just couldn't. Ah, uh, it's just it was just too easy. I don't know, it just felt too easy and, and just shank it. It was it was wild. But um, I mean, overall the putting was sweet this weekend. Um, the ones I did miss, uh, either like maybe an inch low or 
I, I think that's what my miss was this weekend. I, I, like just an inch low. And it, it felt like those should have gone in. Mm. Um, but probably like a, probably like a eight out of 10 this weekend. It was there. Okay. It was feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I agree. I think it looked, uh, really good. I, I feel like you got robbed, uh, potentially on one particular putt. Um, I wish you had a different camera angle on I, that one. I well, I, to be fair, I I, I was a tad out of position, but I also was like, well, this is a cleanup from like eight feet. Uh, you know, I I'm yeah. surprised I even hit record actually. And he was directly in line with the putt. He threw the putt, and somehow it fell out. And I remember just being in shock, it, like it was because all I could see is your reaction. I'm like, what? That fell out? Ba- bad bad putt or just a, the worst spit? Yeah, bad. Worst spit out I think I've had all year is like super low, dead center, like nose down going into the cage. And then it just like kind of popped up and back out. And it was like, no, thank you next time, maybe. (laughs) It definitely, and it was super short range. And yeah, there's seemingly, again, I wasn't even putting any stock in that somehow not going in. And the fact that uh, I I sensed your reaction, I was like, what the hell just happened? What? (laughs) All right. Well, yeah, and that's why I don't consider that a bad putt. Like you, you know, it might not have gone in, but it definitely wasn't a bad putt either. So, uh, this weekend, two rounds. Obviously, that's almost like a break or a little reprieve from your typical, you know, three or four round events. Is there a little piece of you that that likes that or loves that, or would you rather see a three round like keep going and even in the off season kind of thing, like? How do you feel about, you know, just a two-round event, so to speak? Man, I wish that event was like a 15-round event. The ratings were insane. <laughs> I love playing that course. I mean, it's a good way to um, pump up your ratings before the next season. Be like, no, look, look at this. Yeah, and, and also I was bummed because it didn't actually count to this ratings update, But and I think I would have been like 10-20 if, if it mm. went to my ratings update. So I'm 10-18. I think that would have for sure uh, bumped it up, but. Uh, um, someday we'll have to have that conversation about if ratings matter to our top pros or not. And, uh, well, enter exhibit A. <laughs> well, I mean, I've just never, I've never been this high before, you know, I, okay. I keep going up and keep going up and it's like, I mean, it probably won't matter to me once I, you know, if I reach like 10, 30, 10, 40 rating, then I'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, whatever. I've been here for so long. It doesn't even matter. Okay. Once you really can't go up anymore. Yeah. Today was the last day for the PDGA mm-hmm. ratings update here for 2023. So uh, I think that's exactly what you're talking about. I wonder, I wonder if even they got it in on, on Sunday night, if it, if it would have counted or when they submitted, I'm not, I guess I'm not, I didn't look, but yeah, sorry. It'll help out next ratings update though. Oh yeah. Well, yep, yep, yep. I'm, I'm happy <laughs> about that. Uh, so just to share with the world, any more golf organized, sanctioned or unsanctioned, any more, uh, competitive golf yet in 2023 on your calendar? Oh yeah, it's always competitive. Every single time I go oh, okay, out and play okay. with like Anthony Barella, dude. <laughs> sure. How much you're playing for a thousand? <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> I don't know that AB money. I don't got my own jersey yet. Jeez. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. so tournament, actual tournament golf. A- any of that left? Nah, not. I mean, I mean, in the off season, yes, not for 2023. Okay. Um, I'm. I'm I just love playing tournaments in general. I'm going to go play um, if they'll have me. I didn't sign up for it yet, but the the Lake Havasu Open, I'm going to do that one. Okay. And then Shelly Sharp and Maricopa, I think, are going to be my my three that I'm, I'm planning on going to. And maybe even like a trip back to California if uh, La Mirada is doing something. Sure. Okay. Uh, I think they – did they have a tournament this 
was that uh, la- next weekend? Christmas this last weekend? Christmas time open? This past weekend, Huntington Beach had a tournament. Ah, what, okay. what did it feel like to not go play in that, or was there just never even a question uh, with you being uh, I mean, my, my homie took it down. Jake Fraley, shout out Jake Fraley for taking it down. Uh, he probably would have smoked me. He shot pretty well. Um, but I would have much rather played this event just because Huntington Beach is like pretty much known for giving out the worst ratings you could possibly <laughs> imagine. Okay. So I'm, uh, I'm not really into that. Just going out there shooting a 10 under and having it be 985 rated. So I'm uh, not really into sure. that. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it sounds like you're Arizona through and through when you're mentioning all those uh, upcoming events. Uh, of course, talking about Maricopa, that's only about a month away. Shelly Sharp is only a month away. We we often talk about, well, we're in the off season, and then sure enough, it feels like the off season just keeps compressing, you know. Uh, and next thing you know, we're going to be into 2024. Where do you stand? Yeah, obviously, had this banner season, a breakout season. Where do you stand in terms of 2024 obligations? Are you are you locked in with a contract? Has there been negotiations? Where where is that all in uh, in your in your world right now? Yeah, I mean it's like a whole new it is a whole new world for me. You know, I've never had to really deal with this before. Um, but it's it's like it's like cool. You know, like people people kind of want me now. It's like wow. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so I'm a. Uh, I am going through negotiations. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say big deal, but you know, it's <laughs> it's nice not having to like really go out to every company and get rejected by all of them. So uh, <laughs> that was my that was that's what happened originally. So I mean, this is a lot better than that. Yeah, I remember um, you talked about that last time when we had you on after DDO that you you know you reached out to a ton of different companies and almost got you know very very little enthusiasm for Parker Welk. One bunch of X's <laughs> for P Dub over here, but I mean. <laughs> Uh, it's been it's been cool. Um, you know, nothing I can really talk about right now. Okay, but it's yeah. All right. So uh, so you you I mean we'll talk about your season a little bit here. You finished first at DDO. We had you on the show. You talked all about how I, I specifically remember talking to you about the fact that you are you were going into a stretch of events that you had never played before. Basically, a bunch of courses you didn't know, um, and that you were really excited to kind of get them under your belt. And I think even maybe in your own words, you said, don't have a lot of high expectations for me um, this year that you're looking to, you're looking forward to learning the courses, getting something under your belt. How do you feel like the last half of your season went? I'm I'm looking at, you know, a, a few caches, some decent caches at USCGC. And obviously everyone gets the pro tour <laughs> cash when you make the finale, which is a very nice bonus, but you, you had a, you had an injury. You roll, I, I was it Idlewild. You rolled your ankle. Or um, it, Northwood what was that one? Oh, that's Ledgestone. that's Ledgestone. Okay, Ledgestone. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, it was. But, um, uh, yeah. yeah. How do you break down the last half of your season? What? How do you reflect on it? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, as I, it's still courses that I've never really played before. But it felt like you know I was fighting for something a little bit more, knowing that I I got to start doing like you know I got to show up now that I won. I gotta I gotta start like really even if I don't know the course, like go out there and like still kind of prove that I can still kind of hang even though my original expectation was just to you know simply learn everything and then go out in 2024 and just smash so um it it, it was all right i'm I'm, okay. I'm happy with how i finished you know it could be better could be worse but <laughs> what yeah. are uh, you also seemed a little uncertain uh due to traveling and time away from your wife and everything else like Put it all on the table as to what your plan looks like for 2024 and, and how that compares to even what you thought was going to happen six months ago. Uh, what does 2024 look like for you? 
Um, honestly, it's it's kind of kind of open right now. I'm sure I'll be doing uh, Airbnbs with like the same crew. That I had quite a lot of fun with those guys last year with like the AB Adam Hammes, Tristan, mm-hmm. um, and and Austin Turner and those guys. Um, I really like to do that again. I mean, I haven't we haven't had like a formal talk about it or anything, but I'm just assuming. Uh, <laughs> but if not, then I, I have no idea what I'm gonna do. Um, uh, but, who who's th- the planner in that group? <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think like oh I got some ideas but go ahead I, I would see I would for some reason Tristan Tanner seems like he'd be the guy that would be like yeah okay go. like I, I, I know <laughs> He's the most responsible I know AB I know Hamas they're great guys but it doesn't like those guys don't seem like the kind they're gonna call you up and be like okay Parker um it looks like on the fifth weekend we're gonna be here like that and just, it's gonna be one twenty two fifty and yeah, you're that, taking care of pasta on yeah. two, Thursday night yeah that doesn't like, seem like those two at all. <laughs> yeah but but i mean shout out tristan he he when i was watching what they were doing like tristan he was like he was like almost like the father figure in that group just kind of <laughs> taking care of them. <laughs> uh with that is it a car is it uh you know a, a van what what is what does travel kind of look like for you and and will your wife join you or how does that all is that all gonna work I mean, right now I don't even have a car. I mean, I got a car, but it's it definitely won't make it uh, too far. Okay. So I, I still don't really know. I but I know everything's going to kind of work out uh, when I when I really need it to. So um, not I'm not too worried. I'm staying patient and kind of listening to my offers that I have and uh yeah, just kind of kind of slinging it honestly. <laughs> okay. Okay. Nope. Wow. I mean, I'm just going to timestamp it. It's December twelfth. We're talking about 2024. He's got two months. Okay, I, I'm just putting a timestamp out there. Right. I don't know if you have a countdown on your on your uh, you know calendar or not. But okay, so about 2024, what type of expectations do you have going in? Because I, I mean, I, I'm I'm going to say something that's not super shocking to you. There's a lot of not us, of course, here in Smashbox, but there's other media that kind of looked at your DDO win like a fluke, like oh, there was Calvin and there's and there's Gannon and there's, you know, Ricky. Oh yeah. And Parker Welk won one. Like it just, it's, it kind of feels that way when I listen to some of the other people talk, what are your expectations for next year? Like you, you, you plan on coming out and smashing. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm swinging for the fences next year. Now that I, I saw the courses, uh, I know where to land. I know where not to land. I, I have the mentality. I think it's going to be a great year for me. Um, you know, I'm not going to win five events or anything like that. But um, not with that attitude. I know how to win. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I, I know how to win now. So uh-huh. I'm definitely not counting myself out in that factor. I, I think I'll, I'll get another win. I think I'll finish the season top 30. Um, those are kind of kind of my goals. Get another win, finish top 30. Okay. Ref- Again, I keep using the word reflecting, but as you look back at this season, was there a pocket? Was there a section of either the country or a uh, 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 a set of courses. What kind of jumps out at you as some of the more memorable things? Obviously, you have the big win, but what are some of the other things that were really, really memorable, or or does that translate right into like what you're already looking forward to in 2024? But what jumps out at you? There's a few things actually. I had I had a lot of a lot of fun this year. Um, it seemed like every single stop was just a blast. Uh, what kind of pops out at me is 
not even a tour stop, honestly. We were in we were in Alabama, and we were playing this this A tier. Our it was me and Matty O battling it out for the win, and uh, he, of course he took it down. We were playing his home course, but you know I got to got to eat some of the best fast food. I saw a freaking alligator for my first time. That was insane. Um, uh, that that was up there, and uh, what was it? The the not MVP. What was the first Great Lakes Open when Simon won? Uh, yeah, yep. he won yep. that one. Yep, yep. I think that's the one. But uh, you know, I got invited to stay with those guys uh, with Simon and mm. a huge Airbnb, Airbnb on the lake, and I was out paddleboarding like every day, and it was it was so much fun. It was that was uh, me, Casey White, uh, Trevin, Paul, Uli, and Simon, and we just had mm-hmm. so much fun. We were playing like Yahtzee board games, uh, but it was mostly that paddleboarding that did it for me. <laughs> and of course, you know, we have some some party stories with like the AB crew, some unforgettable moments with like Aaron Gossage and, you know, maybe even going out to Tennessee to the bars. I mean, just just some of the some of the more funny moments of my entire life that, that I will never forget. So uh, I'm really, really grateful that I kind of got into to that crew and they were like kind of showing me the ropes of the pro tour and, you know, doing it in a fun way. When. I was around this weekend <laughs> when uh, when you look at uh, how we'll say how hard some people go in terms of enjoying themselves on any given night uh, versus maybe a little quieter and or reserved and or subdued. Like where, where where do you put yourself on that spectrum? You know, one, a scale one to ten from, you know, raging monster all the way to, uh, you know, guy sitting in the corner uh, reading a book. Where do you put yourself yeah. on that scale? <laughs> I mean, it kind of depends. I mean, I, I wish you would have saw me after my DDO win. I didn't even know where I was, that sort of thing. But uh, okay, um, firehouse probably. But, I, <laughs> I, I but I'm, I'm not a drinker. I, I don't I don't drink like like I I just don't drink like ever unless I'm like at a party and and I just drink to be social and mm-hmm. um so I, I'm I, I'm in between. I feel like you know I'm never gonna go like crazy stupid um crazy stupid hard, but. You know, we'll have fun right. if we're for celebrating some. All okay. right. Uh, no, I, I got to give you one, Sarah. All right. AB tees off at 2.30. You tee off at 10.30. He says, hey, we're going out to a dance club tonight in Charlotte. Are you joining him? I mean, if I'm teeing off at 10.30, bro, I'm, I'm not doing too well already. So uh, <laughs> okay. That could be first round. That could be first round. You don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, it's different with those guys because you know they're they're staying out to like three a.m. and stuff. I, I I normally like to you know keep it keep it reasonable. I'm I'm a reasonable guy, so if they're <laughs> staying out that late, I'll probably bring my own car and you know leave yeah. at midnight or something. Okay. Oh, we, we need to spill the tea podcast with Parker Welk. I want to hear all the stories. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Well, I guess that's my next question. Looking behind you, you've got a bunch of those sound dampeners. What is is this your place? Do you This is from partying. <laughs> it's keep, it keeps the noise down for the neighbors. Party room. No, I'm joking. Uh I, when we moved in, we have like we like I said we didn't really see the place and this is this, I'm actually in a closet right now. It's my guest room closet. I turned into like my game room. Uh I wanted to start like streaming and mm-hmm. and you know doing some some cool stuff this off season. So I kind of did a little bit of a acoustics uh, kind of everywhere in this room. So yeah, sound great. That's good. So what's the uh, even though Johnny nor I are gamers, we got to ask because I know people are wondering. Then what's what's the game and stream of choice? What uh, what are you working with? 
I mean, if, if I'm streaming, I'm usually playing like Fortnite because that's kind of the game that everybody uh, knows how to play. Everyone kind of likes. Uh, I've been playing playing a little bit with like Anthony Barella, Austin Turner, Jake Brown, um, a few of those guys uh, when I stream just to make it a little more fun for the viewers. You know, not just looking at Parker. They're, they're, they can hear like AVs making some funny comments. But um, yeah, I do a little bit of that. But I play other games like Call of Duty, uh so I've been playing some World of Warcraft. Shout out Eric Oakley. I think he plays that too. He does, um, yeah. But yeah, I play a little bit of everything. Okay, okay. And where where are you streaming? And and somebody's asking for your handle. I don't know if that gets if that's different on every with every. Yeah, I'm or not. I'm I'm streaming on uh, YouTube. Uh, it's just my Instagram name, Disco No Space. I'll probably hop on, start streaming after this. I don't know, maybe. All right, um, all right, guys, join in, join in. You guys right. can see what's so going on. So you don't stream, you don't stream to Twitch like the gaming. You, you go, you're YouTube. Nah. All right. Yeah, YouTube. I mean, I, I, I don't see. I don't even know what I was thinking. I've never been a streamer before. I have one of my friends on uh, Discord, is what we call. It. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you guys are familiar. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, he's a streamer, and he kind of walked me through, and he's like, "Oh, just do this, 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 and, and you know, YouTube will probably be easier to, for your yeah. viewers because that you know they're disc golfers yes. uh, rather than you know like full on gamers like trying to find like a, like a game. I'm I'm viewing to like my fans rather than sure. Uh, yeah, that know, makes a lot of sense. Other people. Yeah, nice. Huh? What what time did you leave Saturday Sunday night? I don't even know, dude. <laughs> that was another party win, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I feel you're like gonna see, you're going to see Parker season be like up down up <laughs> down. Like, like I just partied and no, then I recovered and then no, I partied. I, I, no, I was no, just no, saying no, thing, things no, went actually, really late on Sunday night and I feel like you got out of there before you did most of the oh, yeah, that he got out of there before no, I'm mo- saying, yeah before, he got out before you did clearly yeah well I was staying there so I had the fortunate <laughs> saying, yeah. yeah I was fortunate that I could just well, finally before, call it when I wanted to but before going over there you know my I was Jake Brown was staying at my house this week and mm-hmm. my wife asked me uh well Parker is there gonna be other any other girls there and I'm like yeah of course there's gonna be girls we show up there's literally no girls my wife is just like standing there with me but I'm really thankful that like everyone's super cool and you know they're all like asking her questions and it's not just like oh girl 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 but uh it was uh it was fun you know his house is sweet he's got like the jacuzzi and, and the ice plunge and uh, pool table, ping pong table, poker table—you got everything, you know. So it's it's, it's the spot to be. I, I really I've been enjoying my time there. Yeah, no shortage of entertainment. But yeah, that's very true. Unless uh, there's, a, it, it almost would take all the collective golfers for the ones that have significant others for them all to bring them at once because otherwise it's just like every disc golf tournament. It's like you know, every for every nine guys, there's one woman that's there in some capacity. So, uh, yes, I could understand that her thinking like, oh god, what am I, what am I doing here? I should have just let you come alone. I don't need to be here for this. Oh, I, I it, it's really funny because it brings me back to when we were at USCGC. We went to a putting night, and there was a gentleman who was putting who looked like he brought his girlfriend with him to the bar. So she's sitting there with a friend of hers, and he just she, at one point, I swear to God, Terry was sitting there. We both heard her say. You said it was going to be an hour. It's been four hours because she like he did the full putting night and it just he kept going and she was just sitting there and you could tell she just hated life at that point. She's lucky she had a friend, but I can understand where it's like, 
even four hours of a putting league for me might be a little bit much. Yeah. Well, I'm thankful I, I have literally the best wife in the entire world. So Aww. even that night, you know, she she brought her bathing suit. You know, it was me and Fern were kind of just like, all right, what are we going to do? And Fern was like, all right, let's hop in the jacuzzi. So, you know, we, we hung out in the jacuzzi for a while and I played some pool. She be, actually beat me in pool, which is I'm pretty ashamed of. But, oh, you know, damn. But, I mean, was that was that a legit upset or is she just a better pool player than you, though? I mean, she's she's listening in the other room. So, I, 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 so she's good. She's I, an up and comer. That's what we're gonna say. She's yeah, she's, good she's fantastic, solid. She's very good. Yeah. Uh, she's a great teacher. She's a great teacher. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> yeah, helping you out. Uh, very good. Um, it, it's been a pretty crazy 2023. What's what has been most? I know we talked about kind of like lessons and reflections, but like. Anything shock you? Anything where you're like, I just don't believe this, or I never imagined uh, this is what goes on, you know, in professional disc golf in any capacity. And it doesn't have to be bad, but anything just absolutely shocking or mind blowing for you this year? Oh, actually, I have one, and it's it's going to surprise you. It was when I showed up to like I don't even know where it was. It was my first time playing at a pro tour event, and uh, they had. Or, or one of the first times that had like their own bathrooms. And when I walked mm. into the bathroom, it had like, like AC in it. And I'm like, bro, this is insane. I can, <laughs> um, so, so that really threw me off and shocked me. Um, I don't think we ever really had too many of those, but maybe one, we had other ones with like fans and they you know, like very well ventilated and, and, and night, they were super nice, you know, full mirrors, the, uh, the whole nine yards in those bath- bathrooms. And it was just so much nicer than just like sticking a porta potty in, in like the corner and be like, there you go, go over there. Mm-hmm. What, uh, I mean, uh, what comes to mind, but I feel like it's too late, uh, is Idlewild. Idlewild always is above and beyond with the bathrooms, kind of like you're describing. The only other times I've seen bathrooms that nice was at Nantucket uh, when we uh, were there for the Nantucket Open. And I, I don't think they probably have bad porta potties in Nantucket. So I, I guess my question is, was it Idlewild you're thinking of, or was it another, well, his another first, event he, we should be shouting out? No, he it, had, it wasn't spe- my first one. It was because it was, my first one was like Vegas or something. So okay. uh, yeah, yeah. We, so, we had that. But um, I don't, I'm not entirely sure. It was dur- during like the beginning of the year, though. It, sure. Oh, it was huh. Texas. It was, it, was just, it was literally just Waco, I think. And oh, okay. I, I, I walked in and I was like, oh, pretty nice up in here. And they let us stay in the parking lot. And I was like, okay, I can yep. get used to this a little bit. Okay. Well, shout out to Waco then, because uh, I, I don't. Yeah. The last time I was there, I don't think they had that scale of of uh, porta potties. So shout out to w- Waco for uh, continuing to raise the bar, upgrading the porta potties. That's what we like to see. I, and honestly, like it's I, those amenities. Yeah, that, some that people clearly might, stick with people. Yeah, some people might think that sounds silly, but it, it's really not. You know, like <laughs> when you go to an event and it's like you said, has the one or two that maybe don't feel like they've been serviced in in months, and then you have people going way above and beyond. Uh, like we're seeing apparently at Waco as well. So that's pretty awesome. I like it. We should get Waco on the phone and say, hey, we're giving out new awards. Parker, that's Parker's right. got a the, the, year-end award for you. Yeah, so a lot of I awards being have, out. I got like a, like a weird taste in my mouth in Waco too because that was literally my worst birthday I've ever had in my entire life was I drove from I, – I woke up at like – I don't know, 5 a.m. in Arizona because it was just after the memorial. I hop in the car on my birthday with Jake Brown, and we drive for like 20 hours straight to Waco for my birthday. 
So uh, all I was in, I was in the car for, for 20 hours straight, basically, and it was just a happy birthday to me. <laughs> I do not want to do that again. Okay. Uh, that, that I guess, brings up another question. We're going to talk about the All-Stars and all that stuff a little bit later in the show. But uh, this year, obviously, you know, the schedule got... I'll say jumbled up for lack of a better term, just because it's, it's not our normal schedule things starting in Florida, not having, you know, the start in Vegas and then heading some head down to the Memorial. Uh, you said you're playing in the Memorial. Does that mean, um, you're not at all, at all concerned about when you fly out to Florida? Like how will any of that factor into your early season plans? Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly unsure about even going to Florida. Uh huh. Um, it's to me, it's like a 50, 50 chance that I'm even going to be of Florida. I, I think my first event might possibly be just Texas. So, okay. um, there's that. And yeah, I mean, just, you know, flying all the way to Florida, just to fly all the way back, just to drive all the way to Texas is, you know, quite a lot. I'd rather just like take the week off and, you know, just be here without all the travel. Yeah. And to be fair, obviously people on the other side of the country thought the exact same the last few years of Vegas. They say, well, I don't want to go all the way out to Vegas, maybe or maybe not Memorial, but then come back to Texas. So we saw, again, some of our players just say, I'm just going to start in Texas. I'm not going to put Vegas on my radar for that reason. So obviously it's kind of relative to where you are, and I think that makes perfect sense, and I don't think That's there's any way fair, we can yeah. avoid that. Yeah. Uh, just out of complete uh, naivete, I'll ask, how do tour cards or is there, do you have any concerns? Are you fully eligible for anything and everything you want to play next year? How does that get earned? What does that look like for you? In yeah, terms I mean, of so EGBT events. Yeah. So, so I mean, I was, I was top 80 last year, so I, okay. And, and I won an event, so I get the tour card. Um, but basically you, you, you pay a certain amount just to have the card and then you could, pick and choose which events you actually want to go to. And I have until January 15th or something to, to pick and choose each event. Okay. So if I only want to play the U S events and minus Florida, then I check all the boxes for that. And, uh, or if I don't want to play anything and so I just leave it all open. So, uh, they make it easy. Okay. That's good to hear. Yeah. And I was just going to say, is there any event, whether it's a schedule conflict or, or just maybe a part of the country or a course? Is there, is there any event that you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence or I'm, I'm leaning toward not even, you know, being part of that. I know you just said Florida, but is there anything else where, uh, for whatever reason? Yeah. Um, the European events, I think are, they're going to have to wait until next year for, okay. or not next year, but 2025 for me to, uh, to, to get out there. Cause uh, I, I don't know. It's it's there's a bunch of mixed reviews, and I really want to go, but it's I I need to be in a position where I could you know bring my wife with me. There's no way I'm going to do that without the wife coming with me. So she's got to save up some uh, some sick days, and uh, we'll we'll go out there together. Hopefully, spend like two weeks, three weeks, something like that out there. Yeah, that's a that's a tough sell with your wife being like, oh, later, honey, I'm going to go visit all these really cool countries without yeah. you. Like, <laughs> see ya. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried to pull that this year and it didn't work out for me either. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Um, you're, you're, I guess I'm just assuming. Do you have any other non-disc golf related income that you're concerned about obtaining are you is there any other side gigs or hustles or anything else or part or even part-time whatever you want to call it is there anything else that you're doing besides disc golf um no not you know i'm doing the lessons but um mm-hmm. 
That's that's basically it. So I'm okay. basically just using the lessons right now, just to, to kind of build up some income, just to go on tour. I don't I don't really have anything. Uh, I might be selling some discs. Um, I or I have been selling discs actually. Okay. Um, just because I have way too many. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, and that's that's you know there's obviously more opportunities than ever before in terms of what our players can do in the off season, depending on your skill set, and then if you you know can jump onto a fiver and fulfill some you know. Uh, opportunities there or, or Ubering or whatever. And I just well, know everybody has a slightly different. I, I just like the fact that he kind of clarified because this season right now, if someone sees you selling discs, mm. the automatic assumption is, oh, did you see Parker? He's selling some of his prodigy discs. Yeah, Clearly, he must, be he must be leaving. Like this is the, and, and, and like that is the rumors that spread everywhere. And you're just saying that like, no, bro, I got a lot of discs. Like, it doesn't no, matter. I'm, I'm selling on. more than just Prodigy. I have yeah. so, so much like Innova that I, because I used to throw Innova a lot. Yep. And so I have just a ton of Innova that I'm selling, a ton of Prodigy that I'm selling. Um, uh, I just don't have a lot of space. Yeah. So yeah. just, so don't make any assumptions on what's going to happen based on maybe yeah. the social media stuff. Yeah. And We're he's graciously, waiting. you know, donating at Fountain Hills. Uh, it sounds That's like that's true. Off. Yeah. Just, just making <laughs> just, donations. Just head out there. And you'll get some- <laughs> Not on purpose, bro. Not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Parker. Uh, we appreciate all of your insights. It was, of course, awesome watching you, uh, perform this weekend to tomorrow. Uh, is of course when the uh, the second round will come out, and uh, hopefully everybody enjoys consuming all of that and seeing how it all Just went down. You're skip all seventeen is what you're saying. That's what I heard. <laughs> no, he'll be all right. Hit that right arrow a few times. <laughs> um, give us uh, if floor is totally yours. Go ahead and please uh, not only shout out you know any of your socials and how people should follow and support and and uh, you know uh, follow along with you, but then also any sponsors or recognition you like to shout out in any given way. Uh, let's hear it. Yeah, I mean I. If everyone watching Arizona, you guys are awesome. It, it, everyone's been so nice since I moved in here. It's it's honestly been crazy. You know, everybody just yeah. Parker, oh, is, is that Parker? Do you live here now? Like, whoa, dude! Like, we got to get around. Like, all that sort of stuff. Love that. Um, and you know, shout out my wife. She's she's listening in the other room, of course. <laughs> I'm gonna say that every time. Yeah. Uh, you should. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, and and. Uh, all my Instagram, all the good stuff. Disco, come come join the live stream. Of course, after after uh, the, the Smashbox is done, don't don't come eat just yet. <laughs> uh, That's it. All <laughs> so right, go watch some Fortnite. So I got a question because I, I've I, I've got I've got a son who plays a little bit of Fortnite. He was bragging the other day how him and his buddies they ran up. Are you playing the? Didn't they go back to like an, an original Fortnite? Or now there's like a Lego Fortnite? What what are you playing? What 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 are you rolling with? I'm, I think I'm gonna try the Lego Fortnite tonight. I haven't, I haven't played it yet, but I mean, it seems like it's been really fun. And I guess there's like a, a new car racing thing in it. I, I don't know. I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check out all of it. So <laughs> that's great. I've never played Fortnite, but I've watched my son do it enough where it's just like, okay. I look at him like, I kind of understand that, but not enough. So have fun, kid. <laughs> uh, uh, that sounds like some fatherly advice here for Parker. We kind of understand, but well, maybe that's how we close that out. You can't beat him on the course, probably, unless you get lessons from him. So your best chance is to go find him on uh, Fortnite or some other streaming there you go. Uh, opportunity. So with that, everyone, that is our Big Arm Challenge champion. That's Parker Welk. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, you're welcome here anytime. You don't have to win a tournament. You can jump on really with us anytime you want. But Any uh, news you want to share or anything, we're always here. Yeah, and anytime you got anything, we're here for you, buddy. 
So thanks right for joining on. us Thank and have a good night. Same to you guys. Peace. All right. See, See you later, ya. Park. Take care. All Parker right. Welk. Yeah. Du- doubling his Smashbox appearances here this year in 2023 yeah, yeah picking up another win uh pretty well, cool to see yeah because I mean, you would have looked based on the name big arm challenge he's not like you said he's not the guy that you would have probably picked i mean he's a solid player but he's not the furthest thrower i mean you've got no and you've, and, got, you've got like cupcake yep. a b Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a couple other big names. You know, yeah. you and I Connor know Rock Connor is, Rock is, is a no big shortage thrower. of distance out there in Arizona. So, so for, for that sure. type of distance, you would maybe have picked someone who throws a little further. Now, there's no denying Parker's skills. You know, he, everybody, once you get to the green, has to put the bas- disc in the basket. So, but uh, good yeah, for him. Yeah, and, and to be fair, when it was all said and done, this course comes in at 9,600 feet. It is obviously a long and challenging course, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. It was not just raw, not just, uh, not raw distance, raw distance either. You still had plenty of water, as we talked about. There's certainly some strategy on a number of holes where there are. Uh, there's a water carry even late in the round that is is a kind of a made up hole or a safari type hole. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different ways that you could find plenty of trouble out there. So raw distance. It wasn't clearly just about the raw distance, although. Parker has, I, I'm that much more convinced, he is not short in the distance department sure. either. So if you didn't, if you were questioning it and maybe didn't necessarily put him in that category, watch him play this weekend and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I he, see what's going on. He's got on enough distance to especially, stay competitive. Especially with how smooth and beautiful his forehands are and how he can yeah. lean into those. And we saw plenty of that at the dynamic disc open. So uh, awesome, awesome to see him out there. So, uh, and he's clarifying and I appreciate this. He's clarifying on the board 500 both ways. That is plenty of distance. I didn't realize he had like, I knew he had 500 oh. backhand. I didn't realize he had 500 forehand as well. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, okay. So never mind. And he's, yeah, Denny, definitely enough distance for any anybody to keep up. Uh, and, and so impressively, uh, again, that's because a guy it I'd like to get lessons from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, keeping things clean was definitely a big part of the strategy as well. And that obviously paid off. Going through that course bogey free is, is definitely a feat of its own. It, just because of the fact, like the front six, eight, or nine or so, or even the front 10, we'll say, all played on the easier side versus the back where you could easily rack up some really big numbers, but staying bogey free throughout all 18 holes on that course. Like I said, that was a a tremendous feat in itself. So congratulations to him. All right. You want to read off our our couple of top contenders? Yeah, we'll talk about that real quick. Uh, Second place behind Parker by uh, three strokes was Jordan Castro tied with Connor rock. In fourth place was, I'm going to go with Julian Sellis. Fifth place, AB, Anthony Barella. Party animal, it sounds like. No. <laughs> We're just gonna, listen, I can spread some rumors now. We've got a little bit of... You might see an Instagram post tomorrow. That'll, that'll, that'll answer all your questions. Okay, I, I look forward to your Instagram post. Uh, sixth place, Chris Pates. Uh, seven, Andrew Miranda, and a tie for eighth between Max Nichols and Mason Holtz. In the FPO field, no surprise, Jen Allen crushes the field. I think she won by like 30-some strokes. 33 only. 33 only. Oh, gosh, Jen, come on, let's get on it. I, to be fair, 
on Friday night, I said it would be 36. So I was off my mark. You were you were off just a little bit. Wildly. So congratulations, Jen Allen, on your FPO victory. Yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, 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 kind of a quick recap, just overall. Again, the course and the changes were a big part of the conversation. Playing in a different order. Uh, there's there's a whole literally that you know whole eighteen so to speak. You're essentially playing backwards from what we're used to seeing out there. So some of that was really cool to see. Uh, you know, talking to Ricky and AB and really all of the different players. You know, kind of getting a feel for what you like in some of those holes. Should they be more of an adopted version of? Uh, the other layout or not, or keeping them separate. But nonetheless, it was a lot of fun out there. Um, I think it was 176 competitors when it was all said and done. And that probably is just, that's definitely on the upper limit as to how many you can have out there. Cause you're talking about long shots with OBs. And if you don't have the, the highest overall average skill ratings, um, so what you're saying is strokes maybe can add up quickly. Either reduce the field or maybe have some of the other fields play slightly easier, slightly pins, easier pins. That that might be a possibility. Maybe an but- XX medium. I don't know. <laughs> the X, X medium. I don't know. Yeah, sure. uh, but overall, uh, it, again, it was a lot of fun out there seeing a two round event over the two days. Uh, I have not personally worked a lot with the Desert Flyers Club and Tommy Guns, and uh, they they all put on a really good show. I know Idio uh, Footwear was. Uh, turned out to be a, a significant sponsor as well. Part of their sponsorship is me giving away some new Idio shoes Ooh, uh, through my channel. I'll take, so oh, yeah, isn't that mind. incredible that uh, we've got a, an opportunity to do that? So that was really cool to see. Um, and uh, yeah, and then uh, to put it out there yet again, I got to thank Ricky for joining me on commentary. Your, you know, some of your conversation that you said last week about having Rick on uh, really just kind of sparked the idea. And and to be fair, there's a lot of people that I want to continue to bring in as commentators, co-commentators that I think would have a lot of fun with it. Clearly, a ton of our pros was he as, are insightful. Was he, was he as mean as I hoped? No. Oh, Rick. Uh, <laughs> no, that's okay. He wasn't mean. Um, Blunt, harsh. Um, yeah, he was. He wasn't even really those honest. either. Uh, we uh, there was some good play, and and yeah. we just called it as it was. The one challenge, I, I guess, to put it out there, the one biggest challenge is I generally cut and and edit relatively tight my my well because usually usually a one-man thing so it to have the extra space is a little bit more luxurious with two people yeah and so in in doing so and then having rick who hasn't commentated on any any post-production since 2016's wow. master's cup since the master's cup that i put together yeah uh, so, and since t- like the raptor legs were almost practically debuted yeah, there that's that it's kind of crazy because I didn't realize that. He's like, I haven't done this in forever. And then at first he said, I don't know if I've ever done it. I said, no, you did it with me in 2016. He's like, that was the last time. Wow. So that in itself is kind of like it's a sub story. And that's a whole different Rick. Oh, like, that, completely. That's pre-media Rick. Like Rick now is a little bit more slick Rick. We've got, he's he's much more comfortable in front of a microphone. Giving us that big Rick energy. Giving you the big Rick energy <laughs> as I hear. Um, yeah. He's much so, more comfortable. <laughs> Uh, it was it was great. We, we also got to use this theater room. Of course, the best soundproofing you could ask for really anywhere sure. in anyone's house. Uh, we used this theater room to be able to record it. And uh, he was great. The, and I told him the one big challenge we're, we're going to have is just the fact that this is, tu- this is cut very, very 
uh, edited relatively quickly. There's there's not a whole lot of setup and story time. You know, mm-hmm. we're calling it as it is as we move forward. Okay. And uh, I thought he did great. And he even messaged me, and he's like, you know, it seems like people are kind of enjoying it. I said they absolutely are. People loved his insights. He there were multiple times. He says, here's what I think will happen. And then the next throw, that's exactly what would happen. And he genuinely hadn't seen it. Sure. And so he didn't follow the cards around. No, no. (laughs) So he clearly, uh, you know, obviously knows what he's talking about when he's out there. So uh, it seemed to be very well received. Spoiler, unfortunately, due to timing, uh, the second round commentary is me solo. But Mm. uh, it was (laughs) it was good having him. And I think we're going to have him more involved in the future and as we kind of referenced, uh, it was a pleasure that he hosted. I didn't know what it would be like at the, out there uh, mm-hmm. in terms of arriving into town. I also didn't know there'd be like six to eight other golfers all staying at the house, which he has room for. Um, and I'm, uh, it, it was such a great mix of individuals. And then as Parker kind of touched on Sunday night, there was a uh, little bit of a celebratory get together after the fact, which I arrived too late, and I'll talk about that in the after show, after show, after show. But uh, it was a lot of fun. So, congrats to all the players. Congrats to the Desert Flyers, all the supporters, all the sponsors. Uh, you know, is their fourth time running this event. We've got a new champion on that trophy in terms of the MPO division. And as Parker, you know, has indicated, like that's some pretty good company when you're talking about Gossage and Barella, mm-hmm. and then being able to add himself to that list. Nice ring he got too, and and a ring, yeah, going with a ring this year. I like as it. a trophy. Um, some somebody said, I don't think it was Parker, but somebody did say at one point, like that'd be cool if just all the all the trophies went to that. Like if if events went that route, uh... which is an idea. I mean, I could see something like having a having your event trophy that stays at the event mm-hmm. that your name gets put on, you know, like the bear at mm-hmm. the preserve or, or some other ones where we, you know, in town here, we always had the silver cup, yep. you know, where it stayed. And then the player gets some sort of small memorabilia because we all know and everybody I'll say this. When you finally settle down, when you're probably in your in your 40s, having all those trophies could be kind of cool. But you could also have a row of rings, too, which could look kind of cool. I can understand how some people might not, uh, would still maybe like a regular trophy. But, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to a few rings out there. I don't yeah. think I don't think every event should be a ring. But maybe, I mean, maybe DGPT, you've got to, yeah, I kind of maybe do like that. Because it wouldn't be the first time, the very first season, the DGPT gave away a ring mm-hmm. at the end of the season. So, I'll ponder yeah. that a little bit. Pretty, uh, pretty cool to see out there. And, uh Yet again, thanks to all of the people that help make it possible. And if and if this becomes another trip to Arizona to cover some great golf late oh. in the season, I, I could suffer through it for the sake of the fans. No, you're such you're so giving. You're so selfless. It's it's if it's what I gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about some other news happening in our sport last week on Wednesday, a day late. Even by their standards, they meant to release on Tuesday, but they had some issues. The Disc Golf Pro Tour announced Disc Golf Network 2.0. What wow, does that we really mean? We didn't talk about this. No, because it happened Wednesday. Okay, yeah, we didn't get a, we did not get a chance to talk about it, and because I remember I was messaging with uh, with Tosi, who is heading up, who headed up the project, and we even discussed maybe having him on, but he is an East Coaster, and we had Parker tonight, so didn't get a chance, unfortunately. To, to have Mondo maybe talk about the the new Disc Golf Network. But uh, Disc Golf Pro Tour has put out a few different things as far as 
things. But more or less, it's a new platform. So if you have Disc Golf Network on basically anything other than your mobile phone, you need to delete it and reinstall it for your phone. I think you probably just have to do an update and it will probably just update your phone. But if you want, delete it off your phone, put it back on there. The It's different in a lot of ways. I think there's still one or two little quirks that they're working out, but I have logged into the to the platform. I have watched uh, just briefly, just to test it out, some video. It's a really nice player. It's resizable when you pop it out in the picture-in-picture. Picture. Um, it does, my understanding is... And we haven't tested the live yet. I haven't because I haven't been involved in that. I'm, I'm hoping behind the scenes they have already tested this out. But we are told that it will have pause, yeah, re- rewind, all the full DVR features. I don't know about playback speed. So if let's say you're an hour and a half behind, if it's going to have 1.5 speed, I haven't heard or seen that yet. Um, but we will, at least for the live platform, I haven't seen that yet. But other than that, it's uh, it's a whole new system powered by a company called Insys, and they are a a company, I believe, out of Poland that they're working with. They do a lot of other, they're called uh, more or less white box platforms, which is kind of like, and I don't, I don't want to wreck anyone's day, kind of like what Vimeo did with a, a generic platform that then they can, with Insys, they are more than likely going to be able to tweak it unlike the way the Vimeo platform was. Vimeo kind of handed you something and said, we'll brand this as you, but it's going to be the same as everybody else, which is why you kind of saw Disc Golf Stream have a very similar look and very similar feel to Disc Golf Network. But with Insys, I think the platform is a little bit more malleable as far as tweaks and what they want to do. The, the other thing is the back end will be AWS. And for those of you that don't know, that's Amazon, where you do your Christmas shopping. They also own a giant you know, a couple hundred data centers or whatever it is, and all the stream will be going through there. So that means that it will have, my understanding is instant transcoding. So when the event ends, it will immediately be there for view. So you could write into it. So if you miss it by two minutes, it'll, it'll be there for you as opposed to last year or this year, actually, but last season, when if you were behind and the event ended, it just kind of cut you off. And then you had to wait for it to transcode, which usually wasn't too bad um, to rewatch it. Now that should not be an issue. So I'm really excited for the changes. The website has a new look, clearly, because I think it's it's not on Vimeo. So it's a kind of a new, it's a whole new system. If you're having any issues, there's the, the support has been really good because I know there are a few people that had issues and they are still working on migrating over the disc golf stream. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Subscribers. Okay. So that, that if, you, if you are someone like me that had both, I have a Disc Golf Network. They're not going to need to migrate mine over. But if you were just a Disc Golf stream person and you don't have Disc Golf Network yet, sit tight. I think they are still working on that. Um, I can't imagine it will be too difficult considering they just moved Disc Golf Network oh, subscribers over. Now they just have to Disc Golf stream, and it was it was the same platform. So it should be, and I'm going to put that in should because I'm not involved and I don't have to do anything about it. It shouldn't be that big of a hurdle. My guess is that they're just they wanted to get this first batch done and and work on it. So new Disc Golf Network platform. I'm excited to see kind of how it works out on the live the, the live side. How how it's works for Roku and Xbox and whatever other platforms that uh, are available. Yeah, I think clearly the number one, I think it was the number one most requested and or feature was just people are excited about the idea of having that full DVR functionality of being able to pause it and then being able to restart it again. We've, we've, be, we've grown so accustomed to that within our mm-hmm. streaming platforms over the last uh, decade or whatever it's been now. And also people get that taste on the free day whenever it's been on YouTube, whether it used to be the last day or the or the first day, whatever the case was. Mm-hmm. People love that functionality within YouTube. And so DGN uh, within the app having that functionality, I think, is is going to just excite the hell out of so many people. Understandably so. I can understand how that's and- that's a that was a little bit frustrating, especially when one of the free offered days uh, was giving it to you. I haven't spoken to anybody behind the scenes about this, but I wonder with the new platform, would it make sense for them to stop doing the free YouTube day and instead do a free DGN day? Like, can you put this out on DGN for free? And I don't know if it's possible or if you have to have an account or how that works, but just to maybe wean people off of YouTube and the chat and things like that. Cause this is still probably no live chat. Um, but just kind of get people off of YouTube because now, yeah. now that there's a because it creates a little additional it, it creates additional layer and it creates confusion. Understandably, it, it, it truly does. And if this player is as good as the the uh, the recorded player that it is, I don't see why you couldn't or wouldn't. Sure, it, it would make it would it could make sense. Now I don't know if it's possible. That's something that I haven't spoken to the team about. Um, maybe I'll ask him tomorrow. Or no, Thursday is when we have a little meeting. But I haven't spoken to anybody. But we'll uh, see. It's some other things that I think people are really going to like, uh, from my understanding, is the more direct integration with it, the PDGA and the yes. discounting, uh, linking your PDGA account, all that type of stuff. Uh, that was a hurdle for for customers, but it was also probably a, <laughs> a customer yes. service nightmare as well because it wasn't so fluid or as clean as it could have been. And it sounds by all accounts, what I've been hearing is that this more seamlessly integrates one with the other. And that's nothing but a huge win as well. So it is love to see that as well. And uh, looking forward to seeing what people have to say and what people think about it. And uh, mm-hmm. hopefully everything goes as smoothly as it possibly can. And, and as, as I said, I do fully expect a hiccup somewhere along the line. Yes. With something. Like, Likely something that 
obviously wasn't thought about or that slipped through a crack somewhere of like, oh, yep. we don't believe we, you know, our system, we do this and we do this. And then, you know, when that process happens, it actually sometimes jacks up that. Correct. And like, we won't know it until it happens, no matter how much we've thought about it. Yep. So, again, they will do testing. They will do live testing. So hopefully they will catch anything behind the scenes before it gets to um, the general public. But I, I've, you know, I just fully expect there to be something that everybody complains about that's going to be minor. Because I think all the major concerns have been touched on. So I, I look forward to finding out the petty little things that people are going to complain about. All right, other DGPT news. We'll move on from that. And today it was announced the uh, the champions were revealed. I think he, actually yesterday was when Calvin, the player of the year, was announced. It might have been earlier today, but I lose track of time. But the 2023 winners for the player of the year for this is for DGPT. This is not PDGA. This is the DGPT Ooh, ones. I want to fight about something. Oh, yeah. So wait. And in a couple of weeks, we'll do the the Smashbox Awards, yeah, and then yeah. there'll there'll be you know some other podcast awards, and then there'll be maybe the uh, the Discord awards and the Twitter awards. So just wait, They're, the awards are coming. But Kelvin Heinberg wins the Ken Climo Player of the Year award uh, for the DGBT, and Kristen Tatar wins the Elaine King Player of the Year award over on FPO side. Rookie of the Year for PD, or DGPT. I don't want to confuse anybody. Uh, Luke Taylor. And for FPO, Silva Saarinen. Most Improved Player of the Year for MPO goes to Cole Ridalin. And FPO is Allie Smith. Comeback Player of the Year, James Proctor. And Valerie Mondahano. And... Valerie's the only one I don't know if I of all of these that I'm not sure I, I I'm behind for comeback player. Really? Yeah. Just because I feel like comeback player is someone who had a bad last season, and she didn't. She just was injured, so like the first half of her season, she wasn't available to play. So, but so to me, like comeback. Now she made a great comeback she's from coming the, back from injury. from the injury. So that's where it's like, what what's a comeback? And I again, I have no qualms with Val. Um, I I just I don't know what comeback player. I don't know the definition of their for comeback. Because and I think Proctor is a perfect example. Where last year, you know, as we've always said, he was a great, phenomenal regional player. First year on tour, does not play well. This year. Gets all his crap together, starts playing great all season long. is is just a phenomenal player. So the, to me, that's a good comeback player of the year. It, but what's the difference between that and most improved? By by this, what uh, you just said. Well, most improved. Does most improved have to be within that year, or is most improved mean from one year to the next? Yeah, that's a great question. Because most, I mean, you could argue that most improved. Well, I mean, not nearly because as we saw, Cole Allen didn't necessarily have a bad. Um, Last year, he just improved a lot as opposed to James uh, James Proctor, who I felt kind of had a bad. Either way, Valerie Mondahano, congratulations. Comeback player of the year. Um, she came back from a very serious injury, and we're very happy with her, to uh, how, how she played. She ended up winning, I think, an Elite Series event this year, or was it a silver event? No, she won Idlewild. She won Idlewild. So, yeah, so awesome. Those are your Player of the Year awards. Um, they also announced the All-Star, so we're going to see down in Florida before the Florida Open. Calvin Heinberg, Isaac Robinson, Gannonburg, Ricky Wysocki, that was your first card. I don't think that was a shock to anybody. Well, no. Those were already announced. You yeah, knew those. Yeah, anyone that finishes in the top, top four, four, 
you're yep. you're given those spots. And uh, Kristen Tatar, Missy Gannon, own Scoggins, Holland, Hanley. Those are that was your lead card. The second and third All Star cards. Your second card. Now this is a combination of a fan vote, media vote, DGBT rank, and top tens, wins, all the whatever. There's there's a lot of other stuff. Um, Eagle McMahon takes this one with Matty O, Simon Lazat, and Kyle Klein. So that's your second card for MPO. And your third card is AB, Colred Allen, James Proctor, and Ezra Robinson. Over on the FPO side, you've got Ella Hansen, Kat Merch, Haley King, Katrina Allen on your second card. And on your third card, Allie Smith, Macy Valadez, Sarah Hokum, and Jessica Weiss. I'm, uh, the funny thing is I'm looking at this. Yeah. Um, this What's was surprising you. Well, n- no one's nothing surprising me. Okay. But the, the second card for both MPO and FPO are just the, the next four competitors, five, six, seven, eight on both MPO and FPO. You got Eagle, Matteo, Simon, Kyle. That was your DGBT rank. That's what they came in as. I was going to say, were they even... Was, or, or was it just the... Th- uh, yeah, those... I don't think we... we uh, those weren't selected. Oh, those, those, were, those were... Those were given, so to speak. Or, okay, uh, was it just the third card that was selected then? Was that I believe just the, so. Okay. And I'm sure that goes, up, there might even be an explainer there. There might be. I'm not going to read that. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure but, that's how that worked. Which is funny because the third card goes... DGPT rank is 9, 10, 11, 12, which, oh. which was a little confusing for MPO. Well, that's not confusing, but for FPO, it goes 12, 10, 9, 11. So it's so, the same four women, it, just in a, different, just in a order. different order. So just based on kind of the, uh, the percentage. So, and that comes down to media vote, fan vote, I think the third player. So there is your uh, DGPT news for the day. There's a, you can go to the Disc Golf Pro Tour. They've got a whole announcement on it. Um, yeah. That's that's all the fun there is there. Okay. What else? Um, other news and notes, I will say. There's some social media buzz happening right now with Nico LaCastro. And it's not the normal social media buzz he normally gets. <laughs> uh, Nico just announced he, he had a post a couple days ago of him signing some papers. A lot of people were assuming that maybe it was signing a new contract, an extension, maybe a new sponsor. But no. Nico announced about two hours ago that he just finally closed on 130 acres to build a championship-level disc golf course and pro shop in Houston, Texas. So, and he does a little tour of the land. It looks beautiful. Uh, you know, so it looks like there's some bodies of water. So it's some woods. He's talking about having, and Nico has been on our show before and shared this with us, like what his kind of dream was to have is to have a championship level course to have a beginner kind of friendly course. And I don't know if it's specific glow course, but he wants to have glow golf out there. Nico has always, it's always been all about the glow golf, mm-hmm. which is, which is awesome. So he is talking about, you know, he, he thanked Lone Star for their support and the Houston disc golf scene for welcoming in. Um, he says, thank you to all the people who have shown love along the way. Can't wait to share more about this venture. And then you can, it's a who's who of people congratulating him, uh, in his, in his comments. And that's Nico on Instagram sharing that. Yeah. And again, this only dropped a few hours ago, so we don't have any of this other specific or answers at this exact moment. 
Some of the questions that immediately you would have to wonder, though, are will he switch any of his playing focus short or long term? And whether that's here in 2024 or just throughout the next five years, we'll use as an example, will he find a hybrid in terms of playing and then staying back? Will this be a kale scenario? Yeah. Or will this be essentially managed by a team he puts together while he's largely still on the road? I mean, there, I, there's just obviously a lot of questions, and I'm sure those answers will come out yeah. as time moves forward. This just dropped uh, right before the actual podcast, so uh, I don't think we have had any of those answers just yet, but uh, those are the things that I start thinking about. Then, in addition to all of that, does he have goals or aspirations of having a pro tour stop there? You you look at, obviously, the Cactus Rock and the Paul I mean, I'm sure that's, stuff. I don't you know look if at it's... Kale. You look at uh, other people that are involved in in a similar capacity, and there may or may not be this this thing of, you know, this burning desire of I want people on my property, I want to showcase my course, or maybe he doesn't create a course uh, that no he learns it. I mean, he says championship caliber, but if you say, in, in my opinion, if you say championship caliber course. You are immediately have the thought of a tour stop at your place. That is, or at least tour stop quality. Uh, does it have to be a tour stop? That's my question. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have. What if, ha- what no, if we just have your this. really big, yeah, you know, Nico Lacasho championships there? You're right. It doesn't have to be a tour stop, so to speak, a DGBT tour stop. But my guess is that if if it's championship caliber, he probably wants a tour stop. There. Okay, and, I mean, and I that, think that's a fair question. Yeah. That may or may not interest him, though. And like I said, it, there, there could be the Lone Star Championships that takes place there every year. Or or uh, does he want to attract and have um, a, a U.S. women's or a, or a pro world's get, get used as one of the sites at a, for a pro world's uh, week or something like that? I mean, there's a lot of ways, like you said, mm-hmm. you can interpret championship caliber course. I don't think there's any doubt of how good it's going to be. I'm I'm just personally curious as to what are his aspirations in terms of who ultimately does come and play there um, under what you know potential event name. Yeah, I mean, nothing for nothing. Like if we're going to use an example, uh, you have a whole podcast at, called Drop Zone. You could literally have him on and ask. Yeah, look at Eagles Crossing though, right? Like clearly, you know, upwards of five, eight, ten million dollars have been put into that place to create that entity. Mm-hmm. Currently, not on the tour. And it may or may not ever be on the tour. It might not be, but I, I don't know if that is um, their own doing or if that is a symptom of where it was built. We saw with the the uh, the live broadcast attempt. It's a difference in strategy. Is the, why it's not there. Correct. Yes. Well, I'm just saying, like, yeah. so to simplify it, like it's their own doing largely. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm saying we don't know for sure what the agenda sure. yeah. is, and I'll, I'll be interested uh, to see how it all pans out. Me so. too. It'll be good. Next time we have him on, or next time you see him, you can maybe do a quick little interview with him and ask him. Terry, I, I'm guessing uh, nothing for nothing. Not that I don't, I'm passing the buck. I'm guessing we're going to hear a lot more about this uh, get released in the next few days. Like I said, it's just a product of it only coming out a couple hours ago that we don't mm-hmm. uh, have some of these answers. But uh, nonetheless, congrats. I, I, if that it wasn't clear enough, it's congrats. awesome. I'm, we're very excited. It, it's it's fun to see that these pros are now able to go ahead and make their dreams come true and be like, Hey, you know, we, we saw it with kale, like we said, and then now Paul and now Nico, 
Like these people that are just developing their own course. Helen Hanley talked about on the party podcast about how she's developing a course on her, mm-hmm. uh, uh, on her husband's land or her, her husband's parents land. You know, it's this fiance, whatever. I'm not getting, not getting into the relationship with partner, their partners. Um, but how she's developing a course yeah, on their yeah, land. The baskets and, just showed up. Yeah. And so it's, it's really exciting. Yeah. And uh, I, I immediately think, and of course, Nico thank Lone Star, which might be just a byproduct of, of being his sponsor. A, his sponsor. One, it's a fair question to ask when you're talking about a 130 acre uh, parcel of land in the Houston area. It's a fair question to say, is there a, a silent or not so silent partnership agreement mm-hmm. or backing from a Lone Star? It's none of my business, so to speak, but you have to wonder, is there are there other partners or investors that are potentially involved? And that's that goes his, right back to what possibly I just his, said. his uncle at, yeah, uh, at, Gateway. at Gateway. I mean, who knows what the you know the ultimate plans yep. are and, and, and or obligations may or may not be. Yeah, and we I mean he says in the in the Instagram post that he closed on a hundred and thirty acres. To me that leads that leads me to believe that it was a purchase and not necessarily a lease. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, because we, we talked about kale and the preserve, how that's leased property. So I don't know. We'll figure it. Hopefully we'll get more information as it, as it comes out. Terry, I don't really have much more news. Um, do we have, is there any, was there any sponsorship news? I thought there was for some reason, a little bit of sponsorship discussion as far as, uh, Parker Welk avoiding my questions. (laughs) So if you didn't want to read between the lines, I'll, I'll blurt them out. He's playing the field. Let, let me be very clear. In a hundred percent disclosure, I had no sponsorship conversations with him or really any player this weekend. That's Although a failure might, on your part. Might yeah, <laughs> I, I, I some I hate even crossing some of those uh, thresholds possibly um, for fear of I don't want people to think that I'm going to then run out and blab about it, which I wouldn't. But Parker and I didn't have any of those conversations. But by his answers and demeanor tonight, his straight up answers, and then. What I read between the lines, I it it doesn't seem crazy to think that Parker may or may not have a new sponsor, or he could have an extension and continue his ways with Prodigy. All, of course, all possibilities. If I'm a betting man, which I am, you are. I think, I think we see a new sponsor. That nothing more than just a guess off of the interaction we had tonight. Okay. So don't That's, play any poker, Parker, because Terry's going to read you in your poker face right all now. All right. Uh, I don't think he tried to have a poker face. Um, all right. Chandler Kramer announced that he's leaving Lone Star. We did see that. He did yes. not make an announcement of where he is going yet. He, he's feeding into, though, if you also follow him on Twitter, he's yes. feeding into his own hype about, well, where is he going? What's he doing? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love it. It, it, it is Being your own hype man <laughs> is the best thing to do. Uh, he's kind of, it's like he's anti He's like he's tro- anti-trolling himself. I don't know. I don't know if tro- uh, and then we we saw that uh, Jake Hebenheimer is leaving Latitude. Okay, so those are those are the announcements oh. that we've heard so far. Another breaking one tonight. Another breaking sponsorship announcement. Yeah, fellow media and podcaster, also sponsored player is no more. Dixon Jowers. I not, did see that. Not with Dynamic Disc. And it, it, I'm gonna have to reach out to Dixon. And just ask, um, what was it? Was it him leaving Dynamic Discs, or was it Dynamic Discs maybe like 
trimming down their sponsored players and leaving him behind. I, I don't know. Cause based on his, the post he made, it was very much a, Hey, the sport is changing. It's being more, it's being more corporate than what he particularly liked or loved about it. And I mean, we saw uh miles Seaborn, who was a long time dynamic sponsor player leave as well. And him and Dixon and, and, Miles are are really good buddies, so we'll have to we'll reach out to Dixon and at some point and see if we can get anything. Uh, Erica Stinchcomb signed with Infinite Discs and Thought Space for another year. So as the uh, one of the two hot geese, honk honk honk. Yeah. Erica also uh, celebrating a birthday recently. So yeah. happy birthday, darling! Yeah, if you want to get some uh, two hot geese discs, I know they're out there. They made a, a social media post on that. Yeah, so uh, congratulations uh, to anyone that's moving and or, as we know, plenty of people are are moving and signing agreements right now, and then it just becomes a matter of which day can they ultimately... Uh, Come on, Smashbox and announce? Yeah. What day? And, what Tuesday do you want to announce? And announce it. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll see how things go. Um I'm oh, sorry, reading some stuff off the board. Uh, I, I don't know if there's any other, like you said, sponsorship news. I don't know if there's a whole lot of other news that's jumping out at me. I should do a better job of keeping a journal or a ledger here. i kind of been poking around. I've got, mm. I've got little little ideas there. So. Oh. Uh, yeah, I think we've covered pretty much all of the other uh, the significant stuff that I feel like took place. Uh, we're seeing you have no shortage uh, and, and some people love them and eat them up. Some people care. Some people don't. Clearly, the the vlogmas style uh, daily vlogs are going to continue to pour in from a ton of your content creators uh, or your players that then largely dip into the content creating during the slower part of the season. Uh, of course, one of the most famed ones out there being uh, Simon Lazat. I, I know he's been doing stuff. I think Drew Gibson's doing some stuff. I think uh, Drew Gibson uh, has an entirely new personality. Yuli's y- doing uh, some stuff, I believe. I I, I apologize. I don't know. I, I'm just going to assume Eagle probably is uh, as well. So, yeah, very cool. Uh, so make sure you're checking all those out if that uh, piques your interest. Oh, and uh, there's a new podcast on the scene, Johnny. Okay. The uh, Spicy Boy, long... Uh, Oh, Shanked. Shanked doing uh, doing some work out there, and I know they've got two episodes. Yeah, we in talked the about this. Um, an AM focused podcast. Yes. Yeah, so uh, keep keep plugging away. Uh, big shout out to Spicy Boy who was uh, on the ca- uh, on the one ca- the catch cam and then on solo cam this weekend, and I got some good time with him in this weekend. All right. Uh, I don't. You're right. I don't know if there's anything else that we need to uh, touch on. So what we can do is we can close out the regular show. Then we could jump back into the after show. I've got a few other odds and ends we could talk about. If you guys have stuff to talk about, you could put it into the YouTube chat. That's your best place. And uh, we can break it down, maybe provide a little additional insight or not. Or we could just talk like idiots. That's what I we usually we do. do that anyway. Yeah, yeah. we're going to do that no matter what. Yeah. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll save it. I, <laughs> something else just popped up that made me think that's, that, that could work for the after show. For podcast 484. As we wind down 2023, just a few left here in the season, uh, we've got to thank our very special guest in Parker Welk. Disc Goat. Disc Goat. Go find him on the socials. Um, Make sure you follow along. Maybe even play some watch and play or play some 
wake my son up and make him beat him at some Fortnite. Beat the disco. Beat him. Come on, man. Get it, Mason. (laughs) Kick his ass, Mason. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I... I doubt that would happen. I don't know. It would be a good idea. For Parker, Johnny V, I'm the Disc Golf Guy. That's been 484. We're going to take a very short break, then we'll be back with the after show. We'll see you then. We step inside the Smashbox. Thank you to our $2 and above patrons. Your name is listed below in the credits. If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash smashbox TV. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.